Welcome to this podcast series Transform Your Life by Understanding Bhagavad Gita. This is your host Dr. Sanjeev Haribakti and I'm here not just because I am a surgeon by profession but because I am a student of Vedanta since 2008 with the blessings of my teacher Guru Ma Samananda Saraswati ji at Samadarshan Ashram. Om Shri Paramatmane Namaha The 15th Adhyaya is Purushottama Yoga. It is the communion with the Lord by knowing the Supreme Divinity. The 15th Adhyaya Purushottama Yoga is the knowledge of the Supremely Divine, the Ishvara. In the 15th Adhyaya, Lord Krishna imparts profound wisdom to Arjuna. revealing the nature of the eternal imperishable self and the ultimate reality krishna provides profound insights into the nature of the eternal self the illusionary nature of the material world and the path to attaining liberation through knowledge and devotion it highlights the importance of recognizing the divine presence within our self and all beings and encourages seekers to strive for union with the supreme self krishna reveals the eternal unchanging essence within all the beings which is the supreme divinity or purushottama lord krishna emphasizes that realizing and attaining union with this supreme divinity is the ultimate goal of spiritual practices the first verse starts with words of bhagwan krishna in this verse lord krishna reveals the metaphor of the eternal and the imperishable ashvatha or people tree to illustrate the nature of the universe he explains that the roots of this tree represent the supreme being and its branches and leaves symbolize the countless living beings in the material world starting the description of the cosmic tree bhagwan krishna says urdhva mula madah shakham the roots are upwards and the main branches are adha that is downwards ashvatham prahu avyayam this people tree which is eternal and unchanging chandansi yasya paradani the leaves are like vedas that provide shelter to the beings yastam veda savedavita one who knows the secret of this tree knows the vedas or is the wise person krishna compares his life with an inverted cosmic tree the sansar vruksha whose roots are facing upwards and the branches are downwards the god the highest goal is the root cause of the entire creation whereas all the beings are like branches and they spread in all directions due to the material world created from maya krishna compares this with a people tree as a people tree has a long life and needs great efforts to be destroyed similarly it requires great efforts to end the samsara chakra the cycle of birth and death the flow of samsara is continuous ongoing avyayam as it keeps going on like a flow of the river the leaves of this tree are compared to vedas as they protect the men provide beauty to the tree and provides peace to one who takes shelter underneath one who knows the cycle of life with the knowledge of its roots the divinity is indeed a wise person is a person who has understood the essence of the scriptures the vedas shankara says the real knowledge is the one with the roots samula gnana the root cause of the universe is the supreme divinity the parmatma tatva for which veda is the evidence or pramana The spiritual path is the path of giving up on attachments and material possessions vairagya 
the desires ambitions too many activities bad habits grudges obsessions attachments ego are the biggest obstacles to the path of god attainment finally we need to transcend the body mind and intellect to know our essence the unchangeable soul this needs a quiet mind and much concentration in the spiritual journey describing a tree of life sansar vruksha in details krishna says adascha udvam prasuta stasya shakha the branches are very well spread out in all directions above and below guna pravruddha it is nourished well by the three gunas the sattva rajas and the tamas vishaya pravalaha the sense objects are like newly formed leaves because they attract the people adascha mulani anusantatani deep down the roots are well spread out due to maya karmanu bandhini manushya loke which binds the people by their actions and their attachments the branches of the tree of life is compared to the vast expanse of maya it is nurtured by the interplay of the three gunas the object of the of the five knowledge senses the gnanendriya attract us and therefore compared to young leaves we are deeply bound to our material possessions by our attachments our strong likes dislikes raga dvesha and desires are the roots which make us forget the roots of the divine the human life is at the center as we have bestowed the free will to do our karma and to determine our onward journey lord krishna compares the life to nashvatha tree to convey the deeper spiritual truths and insights to arjuna why does krishna use the metaphor of the ashvatha tree because the ashvatha tree is a powerful representation of the cycle of birth life death and rebirth its roots are upwards symbolizing the divine and the eternal aspect of the existence while its branches are spread downwards representing the manifest world and the cycle of samsara the cycle of birth and death this metaphor signifies the transient nature of life in the material realms the ashvatha tree's branches are spread out in various directions giving it an illusion of expansion and multiplicity Similarly in the material world we perceive a multitude of objects experiences and identities that keep us entangled and deluded Krishna uses the ashvatha tree as a metaphor to highlight the illusionary nature of the material world and the need to transcend it by comparing life to an ashvatha tree Krishna emphasizes the importance of recognizing the true nature of the self beyond the physical body and mind just as a true form of the ashvatha tree can only be perceived by enlightened seers the supreme self or the eternal aspect of our being can only be realized through spiritual wisdom and self realization the ashvatha tree metaphor serves as an invitation to seekers of truth to seek liberation from the cycle of samsara krishna encourages individuals to detach themselves from the ephemeral aspects of life turn inwards and seek union with the eternal transcendental reality represented by the roots of the ashvatha tree overall lord krishna's comparison of life with an ashvatha tree is a powerful metaphor that conveys the impermanence of the material world the illusionary nature of the existence and the need to realize the eternal nature of the self for attaining spiritual liberation next krishna shows the solution to overcome by detachment vairagya to end the samsara vruksha narupamasye tathopalabhyate he says this world is not truly as it is appears na anta nacha adi nacha sampratishta it has no beginning it has no end it has no real steady state ashvatthamenam suvirudhamulam its roots are so strong that it is difficult to destroy the sansara vruksha and then he shows a solution he says 
असंग शस्त्रेण दृढ़ेन चित्वा यूज द एक्स ऑफ अटैचमेंट अर्जुना एंड डिस्ट्रॉय दिस विद योर फर्म रिजॉल्व विद वैराग्य यू हैव टू डिस्ट्रॉय दिस संसार वृक्ष कृष्ण डिस्क्राइब द रियल नेचर ऑफ द लाइफ साइकिल संसार वृक्ष एंड सेज इट इज नॉट एज इट इज सीन व्यवहारिक then we need to inquire into the true nature of the reality to fathom the depths of the reality of the existence what is seen the vyavaharik swarupa all the form shapes interaction desires pleasures pains likes dislikes raga dvesha which creates our world our sansara keeps going on and on as it is seen drashta nashta and it is illusionary it is mithya however if we deeply inquire into the reality and the root cause by doing vichara viveka we can fathom the true nature the vichara siddha swarupa that behind all these changing forms and shapes there is an eternal material cause of the creation which is unchanging just behind like behind all the different pots the gutter there is a universal clay mati behind all the different waves in the ocean there is just water similarly in this world jagata behind all the names and forms the nama roopa there is a reality of the existence this eternal divinity the satchit and ananda is the true reality of the existence krishna says this reality is not seen and what is seen is not the reality narupam asya ahya tatha apalabhyate the world is made up from prakriti which comes from maya and this is neither the truth nor the untruth and it is a constantly changing it has no steady real state no sthiti the form impressions of maya are so strong that it is difficult to fathom this reality for most who do not inquire into its true nature krishna shows the solution to destroy this ongoing cycle of life which is maintained by our attachments to the material world and our desires to achieve more and more he extols arjuna to use his acts of detachment to the material reality to bring this cycle of life to an end by destroying all the desires and by knowing the eternal unchanging reality of our true self the atma krishna clearly reveals that this passion vairagya is the prerequisite for eligibility to understand the reality of the existence the real dispassion vairagya comes with the right understanding viveka and it is not on the spur of the emotions resentment or anger thus we need to discipline ourselves and our mind has to become calm and focused to understand the divinity behind the existence otherwise such dispassion is only transience mashan vairagya during difficult situations of life with our intellect we need to constantly discern viveka between what is eternal unchanging nitya and what is constantly changing anitya what is that only truth the satya what is that transient ephemeral and illusionary or mithya once this is properly understood we then need to apply our priorities our mahatma buddhi well towards the eternal unchanging reality and not the material world by having dispassion towards the material world the true dispassion vairagya is a healthy state of mind it is a swastha manostiti that in spite of everything there is no attraction or repulsion displaying the equipoise in all situations of life with all persons only a quiet mind can contemplate on the subtle divinity the parmatma tattva Guruma says the index of calm mind is how many complaints do i have with the life acceptance of all situations of life with utmost faith in god is all that is needed to transform ourselves starting from wise discrimination viveka to the true dispassion vairagya after detachment from the material world 
what we need to do is finally destroy the cycle of sansar vruksha which is our ultimate goal krishna describes in the next verse he shows the final goal of the mankind which is god attainment or tatpad prapti tatah tatpadam tatparimargitavyam he says then after destroying the cycle of life the sansar vruksha with detachment of vairagya one should try and attain the highest tatva yasmin gata nanivartanti bhuyah after attaining which one need not come back tameva chagyam purusham prapadye to that purusha i surrender yatah pravrutti prasuta purani from where the entire creation or the srushti begins the next step in life after having wise discrimination viveka and then with understanding developing detachment from the material world vairagya we should aim to attain the highest self the parmatma which is very subtle sukshma the great benefit of god attainment is that jiva is not born in this mortal world again this state is possible only if we could surrender to the divine ishvara sharanagati to that almighty divine from where the nature or the maya starts its actions knowingly or unknowingly what we all yearn is liberation from all sufferings of life the attainment of this highest goal needs a lifelong spiritual journey and who is eligible for this journey bhagwan krishna says those who have this kind of moral values the sadguna sampatti nirmana moha jita sang dosha adhyatma nitya vinivrutta kamaha dvandvair vimukta sukha dukha sangnyaihi gachhanti amudha padamavyam avyavantata krishna describes the moral values of sadgun sampati which forms the foundation of our moral character to understand the subtlest divine tatva these moral values are a prerequisite on the spiritual journey the mind needs to be cultivated matured so that it becomes capable of upholding the divinity within inculcating these divine values the sadguna is as important part of the journey self introspection antar nirikshan is very important on this journey and honest reflection of our self helps us to navigate this path nirmana means being devoid of ever expectation of respect mana everyone wants or craves for respect it is an inherent need everyone has to be appreciated if we analyze closely in reality it is due to the inner feeling of incompleteness there is an inadequate self esteem so we want respect from others to make us fulfilled on the spiritual path one needs to be humble and surrender to the divine without which our self pride and ego will prevent us with the communion with the higher consciousness nirmoha being devoid of delusion or attachments boha by understanding of the reality to rise above the material attachments and delusions vairagya is not an easy accomplishment and needs constant awareness and an open mind to know the truth jita sang dosha means one who has won over the vices of attachment sanga we all live amongst people and there is a great impact of attachment all our thoughts and actions leave behind impressions we should be aware that we create minimum impressions spirituality is a path we have to walk alone it is an inner journey and is possible only with the victory over the attachments vinivrutta kamaha one whose desires are completely renounced too many desires will only spring us into action it will make our life difficult to contemplate and meditate with so many desires we need to scrutinize our desires by understanding later when there is a higher goal in mind the routine desires will start evaporating adhyatma nitya means one who is ever involved in spiritual practices 
Each one of us needs to constantly remember the highest spiritual goal, to engage in attaining the goal with eagerness, to prioritize spiritual practices with discipline and by regular schedule. We need to do it as my duty as I do my professional work. Connecting with the Supreme is similar to going back to our roots and gives inner peace and bliss which is not possible from material possessions. Dvandvai vimukta sukhadukha sangnyaihi means being equipoised in dualities of pleasure and pain. Life is full of dualities like our strong likes and dislikes. Many dualities which create upheavals within us are respect, disrespect, profit, loss, praise, blame, etc. Often we like one and repulse the other. We have little or no control over people or situations. Amongst many uncertainties of life, we should try our best and accept the rest. Thus, we should enjoy every moment and all situations. The wise man attains his highest goal, Gachantya Mudha Padamavyayam Tata, the unchanging eternal Paramatma Tattva, which leads to freedom from all the limitations or moksha. The realization that fundamentally everything comes from one tattva is one and which emerges with one is liberating. The one manifests in different varieties of forms, shapes and names. This is the highest principle of the Upanishada and the Vedanta. Sarvam Khaluvidam Brahma. The opening words of the Ishavasya Upanishad also mentions the same goal. Ishavasya Udam Sarvam. Now Krishna describes the eternal Nirguna tattva, the formless highest divinity, the goal, the final goal. Natad bhasayate surya. Even surya cannot eliminate, the sun cannot eliminate this tattva. Na shashanko na pavakaha. Neither the moon nor the fire can illuminate this param tattva. Yad gattva anandivartante. After attaining which people don't have to come back. Taddhama paramam mama. Bhagavan says that is my highest abode. That is the Chaitanya Swarupa. The formless eternal divinity is called Brahma in Vedanta. Brahma is considered the ultimate reality beyond, beyond human comprehension and existing beyond the realms of time and space. It is described as formless, infinite, all-encompassing and it is believed to be the source and essence of everything in the universe. It is devoid of the three gunas of Prakriti and therefore called Nirguna, Tattva. This is the ultimate source of all energies and the force of the nature. This formless divinity is difficult to describe and therefore Upanishada uses many different processes. This is the force that illuminates the sun, the moon, the fire and everything in the universe. And this formless divinity cannot be seen or illuminated by the sun, moon or fire. The highest goal in Advaita Vedanta is to merge with this formless divine by giving up our individual identity. The goal of spiritual practice is to realize this fundamental unity and transcend the illusions of separateness. Our essential self, the Atma, is the same as the universal's highest self, the Brahma, and this oneness is the central principle of Vedanta. Krishna now describes the Jiva in its onward journey after death. Mameva Vansho Jiva Loke Jiva Bhuta Sanatanaha. Bhagavan says, In this world, Jiva who keeps changing bodies is my own part. Mana Shashtani Indriyani Prakutistani Karshati. And at the time of death, the jiva along with the mind and all the senses goes on an onward journey. In these important and often quoted words, Krishna describes the onward journey of the jiva and individual being, clearly depicting that death is not a full stop, it is not the end of life, but it is like a comma from where a new journey begins. Krishna also shows the relationship between the universal being, the divine, and the individual being, the jiva, 
which is often misinterpreted without a knowledgeable guru. Krishna describes the relationship between the Jiva and the Ishwara and says, Jiva is my part, Mama Eva and Shaha. It is important to understand what it means when Bhagavan says, Jiva is my part of the divine and what is that relationship between the whole, the Anshi and the part, the Ansha. When Krishna says, Jiva is my part, Guruji says it does not mean physically that the individual is a small part of the large universe as we normally think as humans. It actually means that though the forms and shapes of different beings and universal divinity is different, the essence of the material or the true self behind everything is the same. Just as behind all the different shapes of pots, the ghatta, the material cause, the sand or the mati remains the same. Similarly, behind all the names and forms, the divinity is all-pervading. Another example commonly given in Vedanta is the space within the pot, Ghatakasha, is same as the space pervading outside the pot, the Mahakasha. And it is only due to the form of the pot that they appear or are perceived as different. In a sense, both the space within the pot and the outside are the same. Just as there is no major difference between the spark, Chingari, and the fire, the Agni, the essence of both are the same. Similarly, the Jeeva and Ishwara are the same. Just as a drop in the ocean, Bindu, is the same as the entire ocean, Sindhu, the essence of all is water alone. Similarly, the essence of both Jiva and Ishwara is the consciousness alone. Just as the reflection of the mirror or on the water, Pratibimba appears the same as the source, Bimba, the Jiva and Ishwara are one and the same. So death is nothing but the end of the physical body. But the subtle body, the sukshma sharira, along with all the impressions, the samskaras, they travel on an onward journey to attain the new physical body based on our karma. With this understanding, we shall be free from the fear of death of our own as well as our near and dear ones. Also, we shall try our best to perform good karma to have a better birth in the next life, finally elevating ourselves and reaching the highest being, the root of the tree of life as described in the first verse of the 15th Adhyaya. The Jiva Bhuta Sanatana continues its eternal journey from one body to the another till it knows its real self, our Atma Sarupa, which is Brahma. Krishna describes this effortless onward journey of the Jiva in the next verse. He says, Shariram Yadavapnoti Yachapyutkramati Ishwaraha. Jiva leaves one body and attains another body. Guhitvayetani Sanyati, along with mind and the senses. Just like a wind carries a smell from one place to the other. In the eyes of Krishna, the essence of Jiva and Ishwara are the same. Thus, it describes the onward journey of the Jiva and calls it Ishwara. When the Jiva travels on the second next journey, it is with a subtle body, Sukshma Sharira, which consists of the ten sense organs, the five Gnanendriyas, the five Karmendriyas, the mind, intellect, and the Ahankara. In the vision of Krishna, this is an effortless journey as like a wind which carries fragrance from one flower to the other. The question comes to our mind, if this is such an effortless journey, why most people do not realize this journey? Krishna answers in the next words how the jeev is bounded to creation, the world, the sansara by its sense enjoyments. Shutram chakshu sparshanam cha rasanam ghranam evacha says the five senses of hearing, seeing, touch, smell and taste. Adishtaya manaschayam and all these, their mind is like Adishtana, which is the main Vishayanupasevate for enjoying the sense objects. Normally, we experience the outer world by the power of the five knowledge senses. 
gnanendriya which carry all the stimuli to the brain for processing the mind or the man perceives the stimuli and then processes various options to respond to them in consultation with the intellect or buddhi it is our common experience that these five senses are very restless chanchala and ever eager to know enjoy the bhoga or the outer objects of experience this is the way how the jiva is bound to the world created by his or her likes and dislikes we respond to this stimuli based on our likes and dislikes created by our past impressions the mind is the main seat of emotions based on which we respond thus it is our response which are based out of attachments and this is how the jiva is bound to this world can the jeev be free from this bondage krishna describes utkramantam sthitam vapi bhunjanam va gunanvitam while living the body or being steady in the body while enjoying the objects or while involved in the actions by the gunas vimudhana anupashyanti those objects obsessed with self pleasures in objects cannot see this pashyanti gnana chakshushah but this phenomenon can only be seen by the wise with their chakshu gnana chakshu their wisdom eyes and this subtle phenomenon of the onward journey is beyond the comprehension of ordinary people while we live in this world we are so attached in sense pleasures and our actions without being aware that we are separate and the knower of this dance of the three gunas while in all the states the individual jiva the witness of this dance is the same universal consciousness the brahman it is like one actor playing different roles in a movie while playing each role he gets involved in that role while still knowing clearly that he or she is the one who is doing the different roles similarly we are also attached to our body mind wealth power relationships near and dear ones praise we can get lost in this world without thinking of our true identity it is only the wise man who has undergone the spiritual journey and has firmly assimilated the self knowledge who has awakened to the reality with his or her wisdom eyes sees this reality those obsessed in sense pleasures miss this chance in the human life to discover this reality vimudhana anupashyanti pashyanti gnana chakshushah this wisdom eyes is also called the third eye which sees the unseen reality behind the seen existence why everyone is not capable to see this truth krishna answers yatanta yoginaschenam this yogi who perseveres sadhana sees this truth inside the atman yatanta pikrutatmanah in spite of trying one whose intellect is not pure subtle and cultivated achetasahana enam pashyati one who is not aware and thoughtful is unable to perceive this reality there are many who try to attain this truth as described in upanishad by discipline of the spiritual journey in different forms however in spite of trying yatantah api many are not able to fathom its depth this could be due to inadequate efforts as much as worldly possessions attachments or the lack of daily efforts and discipline needed on this path in pursuit of the means sadhana may not be inwardly directed and are more occupied in the external world some may not have the passion the intense desire the teevra jignasa to know the truth such people who are not constantly aware of the goals and are not able to perceive the reality achetasah na enam pashyanti are not able to perceive this reality one with a uncultivated immature mind and intellect akrutatmanah and one with a lack of awareness achetasah is not able to understand the reality due to the impurities of the mind and the unsteady restless mind on the other end there are aspirants who are ever eager to achieve their goals and with constant awareness and keeping the goal always in their vision they pursue their efforts daily introspection antar nirikshana is important such a yogi 
who pursues with a spiritual journey again all odds yatantaha yoginam cha enam is the one who is eligible to fathom the depths of this reality this truth must be realized within our own self atmani avasthitam pashyati and therefore this is an inward journey and not looking outside krishna now shows the reality of the parmatma tattva the chit swarupa says yada aditya gatam tejah just as a sun rises and its light jagat bhasayate kilam illuminates the entire world yat chandramasi yat chagnau tatejo vidhimamakam and the luminance of the moon and the fire know that all these luminance of the sun moon fire whatever you are seeing it is all because of me god is a creator and all the power and energy of the creation comes from the divine krishna is saying as the ishwara that the luminance of the sun the moon the fire is due to me it is difficult to fathom the formless divine with our limited abilities and therefore krishna is ishwara is now showing us how we can start seeing the divinity from what is known to us as his manifestations on this earth bhagwan says kama vishya cha bhutani dharayam yahamojasa by entering the earth i sustain all the lives by my luminance pushnami chaushadi sarvaha somo bhutvara satmakah i nurture all the plants vegetables and as moon i provide to them all these rasa krishna is unfolding the glories of ishwara how one ishwara manifests in different manifestations of vibhuti ishwara manifests as all the five elements krishna here shows the earth element prithvi tattva how he upholds and sustains all the lives on earth and therefore bhagwan is called dharni dhara not only all the beings are sustained by the divine but even the plant kingdom and the nature is a manifestation of the divine all the joys including the ras the test and therefore is due to the lord and therefore god is also called raseshwara as all the joy or the rasa comes from him can we feel the god within us bhagwan says i am what you eat and digest aham vaishwa naro bhutva praninam deham ashritah and the fire of digestion which is residing inside the body of all the beings prana pana samayukta pachami annam chaturvidam he says along with prana and apana i digest the four types of food god is not just outside in the universe but is an essential part of all of us all the beings all the species one of the ways krishna is explaining this is to see one of the processes of digestion and metabolism of food to produce energy that drives our body krishna says see me as the inner fire of digestion the jatharagni as i digest all the food by this fire aham vaishwanara bhutva residing within the body of all the beings along with the energy system of the prana apana i digest the four types of food the four types of food are the one which are swallowed like all liquids bhakshya the second is the one which can be chewed solid food like bhojya the third one which can be sucked like mangoes called choshya and the fourth one which is kind of licked like honey which are called lehya food has a great impact on our mind what kind of food we eat determines our not only our body but also our mind as food anna bhagwan is omnipresent as one who eats bhokta and also as one who what what one eats as bhogya this is one way how we can start to see the divinity in one process and then gradually expand our horizons to see divinity everywhere within each one of us krishna continues his glories vibhuti darshana that i am everywhere sarvatra ishwara darshana sarvasya chaham rudisannivishtah mattasmruti vignanam apohanam cha he says i am residing in the hearts of all the memory the knowledge and forgetfulness everything is because of me vedeshchar sarve aham eva vidyah i am the one who is to be known by the vedas vedanta krut vedavita chaham 
I am the one who reveals this knowledge of Vedanta and I am the one who is known Vedavita. If only we can fathom the divine in each person that we meet, we would be so much more compassionate. This is possible only if we could see through the behind the physical forms and perceive the divinity in each one of us. Krishna says, see me in all the beings, sarvasya chaham rudhisannivishtaha. All the memory, the knowledge that we possess, we have often a pride of it. Krishna clearly says, everything is because of me. We don't have pride of it. Even our shortcomings, our natural tendencies, such as forgetting something, is due to the grace of the divine. Matta pohonamcha. Only if we could see the grace of divine in each of the qualities and attributes, we would become more humble. Krishna says, I am the only one to be known by the Vedas. All the scriptures, Vedanta and Upanishad, only indicate that there is a divinity as a foundation of all, the source of all, and the creator of all. Krishna says, I can only be known by the Veda, which is the only evidence, pramana of my presence everywhere. Aham eva vedya. Krishna says, I, the divine, can only be known. Aham vedya eva. We don't need to do anything. We just need to know him. Now, Krishna describes how he can be known. He says, there are two types of things in this universe, kshara and akshara. He says, dvavibhav purushau loke. The universe consists of two types of beings. Kshara, kshara are the perishable or the destructible and akshara are the imperishable or the unchanging. And he says, shara sarvani bhutani. All the beings and the world and everything is ephemeral. It is constantly changing, destructible. Whereas kutastha akshara uchyate. Whereas the jivatma, the kutastha, the witness is the perpetual, it is eternal, it is unchanging. We believe that we are this body-mind complex which is constantly changing and eventually undergo destruction. Behind this body-mind complex, scriptures tell us that there is a true self which is an eternal witness which is unchanging, imperishable. Behind this changing and perishable body lies the ever-witnessing self which remains the same and is indestructible. This is what Krishna says in this verse and that all the beings in this world are constantly changing whereas the witnessing self, the reflected consciousness is, is eternal, unchanging. To understand this better, Veda conveys this by a short story. Two birds, always inseparable companions, reside on the same tree. One bird tastes the sweet and the bitter fruits of the tree, while the other bird simply observes without eating. The jiva, being embodied, is engaged in the experiences and actions within the material world, represented by the bird testing the fruits of the tree. The jiva enjoys both the pleasant and the unpleasant experiences, symbolized by the sweet and the bitter fruits. On the other hand, the consciousness, the divine presence within each one of us is a witness untouched by the actions and experiences of the jiva. The observing bird signifies the eternal and the unchanging nature of the soul. It remains unaffected by the dualities of life and maintains the sense of detachment and impartiality. Through this metaphor, Lord Krishna teaches the jiva to recognize its true nature, which is eternal and divine beyond the transient experiences of the pleasures and pains of the material world. By realizing the presence of the witness within and connecting with it, the jiva can obtain liberation, moksha, and transcend the cycle of birth and death. Overall, this verse emphasizes the importance of understanding one's true nature and cultivating detachment from the material world to attain spiritual enlightenment and liberations. Krishna now describes the third type, the foundation of all, the uttama purusha. Uttama purusha tu anyaha. Ayas self is different, vilakshana. Paramatma iti udahyutaha, which is known as Paramatma, ya lokatrayama avishya, who pervades all the three lokas, vibharti vyavaya avyaya ishwaraha, and nurtures all 
as the Lord who is unchanging, indestructible. The highest supreme self, the Uttama Purusha, is the Paramatma, the Divine, the Chaitanya, the Brahma Swarupa, which cannot be perceived by the senses, Indriya, neither directly, Pratyaksha, cannot be perceived by inference, Anumana, thus, nor Paroksha, but can only be directly experienced by our own self as Aparoksha. No one can deny its own existence as I am or I exist. The Supreme Self, Uttama, is different from the destructible Kshara Purusha and the indestructible Akshara Purusha. The Supreme Self is the highest and the best is Uttama because it is omnipresent, Sarvavyapaka, still remains unattached, Asanga, and this is the final goal, the only truth. The highest self is Purushottamaha. Bhagavan says, Yasmat aham sharamatitaha aksharata picha uttamaha because I am different from the kshara and higher than the akshara purusha atah loke cha vedecha. Therefore, in Vedas and in the world, asmi prathitaha purushottamaha. I am known as Purushottamaha. Bhagavan Krishna gives his own self introduction. Who am I? He says, He is the highest supreme self, the Purushottamaha. The Uttama Purusha, therefore Krishna is known as Purana Purushottama, the completely fulfilled self, the Purana Purushottama, is also the all-knower and the realized. The highest self, the Purushottama, is praised by one and all. All the saints, kings, wise people and others respect, revere the divine. God has unlimited, complete splendor, Aishwarya. The scriptures tell us that all the jiva are Purushottama and the entire universe is also Purushottama. The essence of the individual self and the highest supreme self is ultimately the same. Bhagavan shows the ultimate benefit of this knowledge. One who is relieved of the delusions and knows me as Purushottama, that person knows everything, O Arjuna, is devoted to me with mind and intellect. The aspirant who has ignited his indiscriminative intellect, the Viveka, is relieved of all the delusions and becomes Asamudha. The delusions are mainly due to two factors, the self-ego or ahankara, the I-ness, and number two, the attachments or mamakara, the mindness. Whenever there is I-ness, aham, and mindness, mama, in objects, persons, and relations, when the true intellect, viveka, is lost, and the mind is clouded with attachments, this leads to bondage. Guruma shows three solutions to relieve ourselves from attachment, asakti. Firstly, to see the other side, dosha, darshana, by having a complete vision of the virtues and the vices, guna dosha. Secondly, devotion to the God, Bhagavad Bhakti, relieves us from the worldly attachments by connecting us to the divine. And finally, listening to Vedanta, Satsanga, and understanding the essence of the scriptures and applying it to our life repeatedly. Vedanta wants us to change our own self, our own vision, Rashti Parivartana, by different processes. One of the processes is the process of called negation, the Neti Neti, also called the Vyatireka Drashti, by negating the myths covering the reality or removing the material layers which hide our true consciousness by the spiritual journey. The second process is to see the final goal, the Sadhya, the omnipresent divine everywhere, Sarvatra Ishwara Darshan, by the process called Anvaya Drashti. That all is God is the true knowledge that the foundation of the existence is Brahma, which is ever-existent, all-knower, and pure bliss, the Sat, the Chit, and the Ananda. That everything is divine, Sarvatra Purushottama Swarupa is ultimately the final goal. And what is the final benefit of knowing the Purushottama form? Bhagavan says in this final shloka of this Adhyaya, O Anaga, O Arjuna, devoid of all sins, 
iti gohiyatamam shastram this was the highest secret is atmagnana udesha idam uktam mayanaga which i have told you by my own self he says etad buddhva buddhiman syat one who knows this is indeed the intelligent person krutakrutyascha and becomes complete krutakrutya paripurna fulfilled fulfilled in all the respects does not have any expectations attachments moha secret teachings of the veda the guhya shastra divided into different sections depending on the eligibility of the aspirant or for step by step learning for the seeker the first and the foremost secret is the karma kanda the secret of performing actions karma karma phala comprising 80% of the vedas the next secret is the guhya tara is the upasana kanda comprising several aspects of devotion to the divine bhakti comprising about 16% of the vedas whereas the most secret is the guhya tama is the knowledge part the gnana kanda which is also called the vedanta comprising the upanishada which consists of about 4% of the vedas knowing which one becomes fulfilled krutakrutya and becomes complete paripurna in all respects and is liberated and gets freedom moksha from the cycle of birth and death with this we come to the end of the 15th adhyaya om tat saditi shrimad bhagavad gita su upanishad su brahma vidhyayam yoga shastre श्री कृष्णार्जुन संपाते पुरुषोत्तम योगो नाम पंचदशोध्याय थैंक यू फॉर लिसनिंग टू दिस एपिसोड इन द सीरीज ट्रांसफॉर्म योर लाइफ बाय अंडरस्टैंडिंग ऑफ भगवत गीता दिस इज योर होस्ट संजीव होप यू हैव गेन बाय द शेयरिंग फॉर मोर डिटेल्ड अंडरस्टैंडिंग प्लीज विजिट यूट्यूब चैनल एस हरिभक्ति it's one word s h a r i b h a k t i where you'll find multiple adhyaya videos arranged in respective playlists or you could join whatsapp learning group the bhagavad gita study group where we do a guided in-depth study of bhagavad gita over one year period do send me an email request on s haribakti it's one word at the rate gmail.com so i can share a link for you to join this group thank you